The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? 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 You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. My name is Steve Cashel, radio host of the Chicago Bulls. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph, head team physician for the Chicago White Sox and sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush and Rush University Medical Center. This week, as we always do, we're going to talk about a number of sports injury-related topics, including Dr. Chuck and I discussing using off-label and innovative treatments in professional athletes that are generally not covered by traditional health insurance. We'll talk about the star athletes that get kind of the star treatments, and if they're available to the weekend warrior. And then we're going to be visited in studio by Jen Elgin from ATI physical therapy she's an athletic trainer and a physical therapist uh, out of the lincoln park campus and facility talking about marathon training and summer activity tips and some of the common running injuries and how you can obtain a training plan for your next marathon or long distance run so stay with us this is sports medicine weekly be sure to follow our website sportsmedicineweekly.com back to get it going right after this on ESPN 1000. Returning patients who suffer from cartilage defects to an active lifestyle is the goal. Prochondrix, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograft designed to restore cartilage and restore life. To learn more about Prochondrix or allografts, visit prochondrix.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Get proceeds from our program, Sports Medicine Weekly. Go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph filling in for Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Bush-Joseph is the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox. And uh, Dr. Chuck, let's uh, get into a little segment here, just you and I. Uh, talking a little bit about the uh, using off-label and innovative treatments of professional athletes that are generally not covered by traditional health insurance. So you guys do stem cell treatments. We hear about cartilage regeneration. Are these therapies available to the general public? Why or why not do health insurance policies cover these treatments? You know, Steve, this is a common thing we talk about with patients in the office. They they may have a either a complicated or relatively simple or straightforward problem. And they read in a paper about, and certainly this goes back to, I think we'd mentioned earlier, Kobe Bryant, early arthritic knee, wants to try to get another couple of years out of his career, flies over to Germany, gets some fancy stem cell treatments, and comes back, quote, rejuvenated, or at least for a period of time. And we see patients, and they say the first thing, Doc, why can't I do that? Or is that available? Is that treatment available to me? And, you know, it, it, it requires a long explanation, uh, and it's a two-part answer. Yes, it is required. I'm sorry. Yes, it is available to you. Uh, but number two, insurance doesn't pay for these types of treatments and therapies. And are you willing or able uh, to, quote, pay for them? Because many of them, unfortunately, are very expensive. Uh, the one that's most common we use nowadays that's relatively uh, in the press a lot is the use of PRP or platelet-rich plasma, which is uh, essentially where blood is drawn from the patient. Uh, we spin it down. We'll take 40 or 50 cc's 
uh, and then kind of get the important or the bioactive components of, of the blood, which is usually a portion called platelets and some of the uh, serum associated with that. And we can inject that back into either the knee or the shoulder or tendons where it has value and, and really has been shown to really cause the body to have a biologic response and essentially accelerate healing. But like anything, uh, you know, while we think it's effective, most of the insurance carriers are unwilling to pay for these types of therapies. Now, they're still considered experimental. In reality, they are. We're developing a lot of new data. And so when patients find out that, geez, I can get this therapy, but it's going to cost me 800 or 900 or $1,200, they, they kind of are taken aback. Well, Dr. Chuck, uh, what is the mechanism by which these treatments uh, may get coverage for the general public eventually? You know, I, I hate to say that that puts the burden of proof on us as medical providers. And so like a lot of the studies that we've done at, at Rush and Dr. Co- you know, Brian Cole, our, you know, our, our fearless host, is uh, one amongst the national experts in this. And really, it's a matter of getting good data. So we have to do studies where we enroll patients into a, a study where there's, you may get the, the bioactive component or the bioactive agents, or you may get a placebo. And without you knowing, or even without us knowing, we have to follow the patients for a period of time and have a st- statistically significant group that we can actually uh, follow and monitor and test with MRIs and x-rays. And we actually have to prove statistically significant value to these types of innovative therapies. And so many of these studies take, take months and, and most time years to develop. And then once that data is accomplished and put together in a literature and, and published in medical journals, then we as providers can go to Blue Cross or, Aetna or United Healthcare and show them the benefits of these therapies and why they're, number one, helpful to patients, and number two, may prevent the patients from having more expensive surgical treatments like arthroscopy or, or, or even knee replacement type treatments. So it's part of that, number one, innovation, and number two, clearly identifying that there's value to the patient. And then finally, certainly the most important thing is that it's safe and effective. This is Sports Medicine Weekly. I'm Steve Cashel, and filling in for Dr. Brian Cole this week, Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph. Dr. Chuck, is this more like proving it to the FDA or more or less proving it to the insurance carriers, like you mentioned, United Healthcare, Blue Cross Blue Shield? You know, Steve, uh, it's a good point. The, F, the, first, the first hurdle is the FDA. You know, so certainly we actually have to have FDA approval uh, for an innovative, you know, PRP or stem cell treatment or cartilage regeneration. Uh, we, the, and the proof that we have to give to the FDA is, yes, we have a, a series of patients. And number one, it is clearly safe. And then number two, we have to compare that. Well, what are the available and existing therapies and how is this new treatment different or better? Once we have FDA approval, then we're safe to sort of roll it out to the general public to enroll larger studies where we can get more patients involved uh, and and hopefully get that clinical data that says, yes, it's really effective and and an insurance carrier will, quote, believe that. Now, once we pass that FDA phase, it's okay for us to provide the therapy, albeit unreimbursed, and at that time we can enroll patients and, listen, if you're interested, you can participate in the study. It may cost you X amount of dollars to participate. But this is, quote, the available treatment. So take me back to whenever the star athlete is injured, and we often hear about the player undergoing new or innovative therapies, like you mentioned stem cell treatments or the PRP or cartilage regeneration. So are you telling me, in essence, that the team, it's good enough 
for these players. So the teams are paying for it because it's a cost isn't an example. I mean, you know, isn't a, a deciding factor on that. Is that why you might do it for a star athlete compared to one of your regular patients? Yeah, is it all it, a cost thing, basically? It, or is it more of an experiment? Or, I mean, tell me why you might do it to a star athlete, one of your White Sox players or a Bulls player. You know, once we've cleared that FDA hurdle, sure. you know, and the FDA has kind of blessed that it is, quote, safe, not necessarily effective, but at least safe, uh, then we're sort of okay to go. And, and certainly with star athletes, and certainly on a professional level, if you think the value or the expense of the therapy versus the value and loss when the, that player is unavailable, uh, the play, the the major league sports teams are this worth the money as well. Yeah, worth the makes sense. You know, I think the the uh, uh, Dr. Romeo from Rush pub- helped publish so, some information that the value of of baseball players on the DL last year unavailable for playing time was over three hundred fifty five million dollars. Wow! So if you take any of that or one a small percentage of those players who are unavailable for service, but yet you know, that expense is out there and can bring them back in with early and innovative therapy, you're going to say it's worth it. Now, on a Division One college level, we're generally seeing it to a lesser degree, but certainly they're still willing. You know, if I'm an SEC or Big Ten football team and I think that my player may benefit or get back or recover quicker with a PRP injection or a certain stem cell therapy, most of the D1 schools will do it. They believe it's And they'll have to pay for it. They'll pay for it. Instead of the insurance carrier. Instead of the insurance carrier. Yeah. Now when we get down to D2 and D3 sports, no, uh, it's not really. If the patient and the family is willing or wants to pay for this type of innovative therapy, we'll let them do that. Well, let me ask you, let me stop you there. Do you ever offer it to a patient but obviously make them aware that this is going to have to come from your own checkbook? Well, we we do a lot. Okay. You know, for most patients... um, Sometimes they'll seek us out because they'll, they'll read about published studies or innovative therapies that are ongoing. Uh, number two, a part of our job when patients, especially when most of these therapies, Steve, are when people have failed one or two frontline treatments. I've got refractory uh, patellar tendonitis or Achilles tendonitis. I've had standard physical therapy. I've had standard dry needling or other innovative treatments that are not at that next experimental level. And those patients will say, listen, doc, this isn't working. I can't train. I'm, I can't compete. Uh, you got to help me. And that's when we take them to that next level. All right, we're moving outside of traditional accepted medical treatment, certainly reimbursed medical treatment, and now jump to the next level. You're listening to the Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph, the head team physician from the Chicago White Sox and also from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. We're discussing using off-label and innovative treatments of professional athletes that are generally not covered by traditional health insurance. And another question here, Dr. Chuck, are there other areas in medicine where these problems occur, for example, like biological treatments for cancer or autoimmune uh, disease? Well, that, that's kind of the model we're actually working off of, Steve. You know, if you look at nowadays, you're reading a lot about innovative personalized medicine for cancer where you can honestly uh, identify, take tissue samples of the patient's tumor whether it be their breast cancer, and say what receptors are in that tumor, and then specifically the target, the, the, the chemotherapy directly to that, which is much less toxic to patients, uh, uh, where I'm not just killing their entire bone marrow. Um, and so it took years for cancer therapists and oncologists to get to that level. And now that's a regular part of cancer therapy. The next um, common thing is with autoimmune diseases, like rheumatoid arthritis or, or psoriasis or ulcerative colitis. 
those treatments are all now into that same more personalized regimen. And, and insurance companies have accepted that, yes, these treatments are much more cost-effective, as expensive as they are, that they're certainly more beneficial to the patient and actually lower the overall cost of care. When these treatments keep patients out of the hospital and out of the operating room, they actually are cost-effective. Again, at Sports Medicine Weekly, Steve Cashel and Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph talking about some of the uh, off-label and innovative treatments of professional athletes that are generally not covered by traditional health insurance. So, Dr. Chuck, uh, final question here in this segment. Um, what is available for the, the typical weekend warrior? You know, I've got some pain in my shoulders and that sort of thing. Can I come in and would you do the, the PRP and, uh, and all those the same sort of things? Are they offered the, what you do to the, uh, the star athletes? You know, Steve, to me, you're just as valuable as anybody on the White Sox or the Cubs. So certainly we would offer these treatments to you. Wish I had that salary. Uh, but, well, <laughs> as I go to, like, the, you know, like professional ball players, uh, uh, you know, in multiple major league sports, we still, the medicine is the same. We will still start with standard therapies of, of rehabilitation and exercise and stretching and even occasionally steroid injections. And then if you fail those first-line treatments, then, yes, we'll, we'll offer these therapies to you. Now, once you understand that, yes, the value of these treatments, the risks, the benefits, then there are some risks. There are some times where these therapies have proven to be negative or leading to bad outcomes in patients. So like any treatment, it has risk. But if, if, if you have the resource uh, and you're able to afford the expense involved, this certainly the most common one we see are the bad cases of tendonitis, either rotator cuff or most commonly patella tendonitis and Achilles. That's probably the most common uses of it. And the highest volume of requests that we usually see in patients who have arthritis. They've had steroid injections. They may or may not have had an arthroscopic surgery. They're not yet bad enough to consider knee replacement. Uh, and they failed with either the visco supplement injections. And they want to know what's next. And there's good evidence that, that there's effectiveness of these treatments in the arthritic patient, albeit at a higher expense level to the patient. Great stuff. Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph joining us here this week on Sports Medicine Weekly. Stay with us. More of our show ahead after this on ESPN Radio. I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance and scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. 
careers. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, or even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art health care services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis, methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News and World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Back here on the Saturday morning, Steve Cashel and Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph filling in for our usual co-host, Dr. Brian Cole at Sports Medicine Weekly. You can reach out to us on Facebook and also follow us on Twitter at SMWHome. To access prior shows, interviews, and valuable resources on sports injury and fitness, please visit our blog at SMWHome.net or the website SportsMedicineWeekly.com. Dr. Chuck, got a question for you. Um Boy, obviously we've got the summer months here and more and more people running outside. How many patients do you see that are already training for the uh, Chicago Marathon, which we know is in October? You know, Steve, uh, the Chicago Marathon, it's just such a, it's a pointed landmark for everybody. And certainly all the fitness enthusiasts we have in the Chicagoland area and certainly beautiful summer July mornings like this really do kind of pique everybody's interest. And as we moved out of the school and the team season, Many of the people that we're seeing in our office are those recreational athletes. They're either starting their summer fun run training or they are indeed the more fitness-oriented athlete who's training for either their first or their second or third marathon. So this is the time when we start to see the bubbling up of these overuse injuries as people move away from, quote, their team sports, and now they're training and they're pushing themselves a little bit harder. Absolutely. We've got a great guest in studio from ATI Physical Therapy, Jen Elgin is with us, and uh, Jen works out of the uh, Lincoln Park ATI Physical Therapy Facility. Talk a little bit about marathon training and summer activity tips. Jen, thanks for being with us here in studio with us on Sports Medicine Weekly. What do you see over at your facility that are some common running injuries? Yes, that's a good question. Um, So when we start adding miles and we start adding stress to our training programs or just recreational runs, um, a lot of our weaknesses start to show um, when we're adding all of these miles. So you start to see a lot of overuse injuries, um, starting with tendonitis. Um, I know you guys spoke about it in the last segment, um, finding it in the Achilles tendonitis and patellar tendonitis from simple overuse, adding too many miles um, too quickly, and not having the body adjust adjust properly. You know, Jen, how do you handle that patient who comes into, and they just want an evaluation, and, and they say, I'm not injured yet, uh, and I'm really not having a problem, but I'm fearful. Can I, can I make that leap and, and kind of go from a fun run person to actually kind of get into to make the marathon and the, and the, grind, that it, the grind that it is to train for a marathon? What, what's the advice or what are the things that you're looking for in these patients to say, you're good to go or this is what you have to work on or, or no, stop signs up? Excellent. Yeah, um, the marathon is a very taunting task, um, and a lot of people like to pursue that and is one of their main goals. Um, So when I'm talking to somebody that's maybe never done a marathon before or um, wanting to pursue a quicker marathon, something like that, um, I always like to look at their training plan and make sure they have a sound foundation, um, you know, getting all the miles in, and then also um, taking some time to address strengthening and stretching. And, you know, if your body can handle that amount of miles, um, a marathon is a a great event, but maybe not always meant for everybody. Um, So making sure that you have some years of running and you have some experience before you try to take on this daunting task um, 
you know, out of doing uh, a few miles at a time. Let me ask Dr. Chuck, um, you brought up overuse injuries. When does it become overuse when you begin training for a marathon? Uh, you know, Steve, um, we use the term, we probably overuse the term overuse. I'll, I'll be honest, that's an orthopedic uh, orthopedic commonality. You know, we break things down is, did I have a traumatic event or did I do something too much when I'm not prepared? So an overuse maybe like we often talk about in the, on this show is, yeah, my son is throwing a baseball too much, too long, too often. Now, that's all relative. You know, if my son is well-prepared and strengthened, has great throwing technique, maybe too much for him is 100 pitches, whereas for the unprepared baseball player, it may only be 40 or 50 pitches. So to that point, I think as Jen alluded to, overuse is relative. And if you take that, that normal 10K runner uh, who even done two or three half marathons and he's ready to make that next leap up, uh, that's that's when we start to get nervous. So uh, typically as orthopedic surgeons, we're going to define an overuse event as a non-traumatic event that usually involves inflammation or or breakdown of collagen and tendon. So, and how is that treated then? Uh, for us, it's number one, as Jen alluded to, identifying the specific cause. You know, we first have to get symptom control. So we're going to calm them down where, with either medications and modalities, get their symptoms so they're comfortable and they're not tender or painful with every simple activities, then as Jen identified, we're going to find their deficiencies and work those out. Now, sometimes the deficiencies are intrinsic because they're poorly conditioned or poorly flexible or poorly trained, or their problems are extrinsic, which means I run on bad shoes and bad surfaces and bad ways. So that I want to take this back to Jen then. What are the typical deficiencies, intrinsic deficiencies you see and people who are trying to make that leap up. What are the physical findings that you're going to sort of advise them on where they need some work? Right. If I see any athlete, I'm always going to check their hip strength. Their hip and core is very important for a long-distance runner who's doing multiple miles. Um, having a strong glute meet is going to make a huge difference in your marathon training um, to decrease the horizontal movement of your body and also helping to support your pelvis while you're running those um, multiple miles. Well, if you look at a person like me, uh, I shouldn't be running a marathon. I try to strengthen my glutes for my <laughs> golf swing. What, what are, are there some typical exercises that, that I can do, or what are the, the types of uh, uh, types of techniques that you're going to translate to your people? Yeah, exactly. So marathon running, we think of straight ahead, but strengthening up our glute meats is all of a lateral um, type movement. So doing lateral walking with bands or resistance is going to be great for strengthening that up. Sideline hip abduction is going to also be um, an easy way to strengthen up those glute meds in order to um, be a safer runner. Our guest is Jen Elgin from ATI Physical Therapy. She's an athletic trainer and also an athletic trainer at Walter Payton College Prep, a physical therapist. We're talking a little bit about marathon training and summer activity tips. I'm Steve Kasha with Dr. Chuck Bush-Joseph, the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox, filling in this week for Dr. Brian Cole, our usual co-host. So let's go through training plans. What, what do you suggest then, uh, you know, whether you're running a 5K or, you know, people are trying to uh, drum it up, as Dr. Chuck said, uh, what's a typical training plan? And can you get that from ATI? If they go to ATI Physical Therapy, what are you guys offering? Yes, we're definitely are a good resource to um, find a training plan. A lot of times I recommend just finding something online. There's a lot of great training plans out there that you can find. Um, but also when you find one, don't think that that's the end-all, be-all. Um, if you follow it exactly, that's going to make you successful. A lot of training plans are really lacking the strength component like we talked about. 
Um, that's something that is commonly missed and then will lead to injuries. Also, um, making sure you're adding in a lot of uh, stretching into your plan, um, taking those recovery days to really recover, doing a yoga class or spending um, some time strengthening up those weaknesses is going to be really helpful in your training. You know, I would add one other thing too, Jen, that, that I, I see in the recreational athletes, say the fun run runner who's trying to now move up, they rarely, if ever, pay attention to diet, hydration, those other whole body characteristics where... Uh, you know, like some of our, like George and some of our other folks here in the studio don't pay as much attention to with their, with their light recreation. And, and I think that's that next step up that they've got to take almost a more professional approach to their nutrition, hydration, uh, and, and sleep patterns. Those things become just as critical as you're trying to get to that higher level of function. And Jen, let me ask you a little bit about, uh, boy, we had a hot, uh, really May and June, especially June, you get into those 90-degree days and, and big humidity. What tips do you have for the runners out there that enjoy running or maybe training for a marathon? Uh, tips for running uh, in the heat and with this humidity? Yes, of course. It's very important to stay hydrated um, before, after, and during your run. So making sure you're including that with your training. Um, and also to um, make sure that you're eating the proper foods. You know, don't be, don't shy away from carbohydrates. Um, make sure to add a lot of foods into your diet that have high water content, fruit and vegetables. That'll help as well. Um, another good tip that I like to tell my athletes is, um, you know, check in the color of your urine. That's going to tell you if you're hydrated or not. And uh, making adjustments to your running in the really um, warm temperatures is going to be important. Yeah, I just, you know, I just did that with my kids because they're sitting you know, my my 12-year-old would say, Dad, I think I'm dehydrated, you know. And I said, well, check the urine, you know. And he thought I was joking. I said, no, seriously. And he took it to heart, and so now he does that, and it's great. But I want to ask both of you, Dr. Chuck and, and Jen Ellingen from uh, ATI, um, differences between a sports drink and water. What You know, what are some, I heard about electrolytes, and there's some sodium in some of those sports drinks. What do you guys, how do you guys feel about what you should be drinking maybe during uh, the hot, real hot days? You know, I, I, I kind of look at it on, number one, it's length, duration, and intensity. Those are sort of the critical factors. Most experts would agree that, you know, if you're performing short-term activities, uh, something less than, so less than an hour, certainly 45 minutes, a half hour of high intensity, water's all you need. Okay. If going beyond that, if you've got intensity, intense activities beyond that one-hour time frame, that's now I'm losing sufficient amounts of electrolytes where I think those need to be replaced in some way, shape, or form. And, and then the third thing is finally is energy. And, and, and that's where there's a little bit of debate, and certainly you see amongst the manufacturers nowadays, how many carbohydrates do I need in my sports drink? So uh, you're looking at first fluid hydration, second is electrolytes, and then third is carbohydrates or en for energy. Jen? Yeah, I would completely agree. I don't think that, um, you know, if you're going out and doing a little 5K, you probably don't need to be um, supplementing that with a sports drink at all. But, um, but yeah, for those longer runs, you need to make sure that you're having um, those sports drinks or gels or juice or something of that sort to maintain your energy throughout those longer runs. Are we looking at sugar content, guys? Are we? Is it real important, I mean, to see how many grams of sugar are maybe in those sports drinks? You know, you're seeing the sports drinks now are having lower and lower carbohydrate content. You know, certainly people like me who love sugar, you know, anything that had tasted great, I would go for. But even now, I recognize that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling much better with a lower carbohydrate content and still getting the value of the, of the hydration and the electrolytes. Uh, so it's a matter of, it's a matter of uh, choice, but uh, I think that's the tendency nowadays. 
Fantastic. Jen Elgin, our guest from ATI Physical Therapy. Appreciate it, Jen. Best of success going forward. Stay with us. More Sports Medicine Weekly after these messages on ESPN Radio. The Chicago Bulls, White Sox, and DePaul Blue Demons rely on Midwest Orthopedics at Rush for advanced orthopedic treatment. So can you. We are the team physicians for these Chicago teams, and we're ready to be on your healthcare team, too. Get expert care from these regional leaders at four Chicagoland locations. Learn more at RushOrtho.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, your world-class team physicians. The best athletes in the world and their medical teams have been trusting Donjoy products for over 30 years. With a goal to protect and return confidence in sport post-injury, Donjoy is the trusted leader to get and keep athletes in action. Whether it's football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, or even the official medical supplier to the U.S. ski team, always trust the global leader in sports medicine. Trust Donjoy, a product of DJOglobal.com. At Athletico Physical Therapy, we know there is freedom from pain and you can get back to doing the things you love. Whether it's running an 8K, playing a game of tag in the yard, or walking safely to your car, pain should not slow you down. With locations throughout eight states that offer complimentary injury screens, your choice to go with our team is the smart choice. Visit athletico.com to request your complimentary injury screening and start feeling better with us today. Athletico, better for everybody. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Sports Medicine Weekly has been brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy, by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, by Karen Malkin Health Counseling, by Integrated Orthopedics, by Source, by Donjoy Orthopedics, by Midwest, and by ATI Physical Therapy. Many thanks to our producer and board operator, George Katsourilos, our coordinating producer is Teresa Ann Seeger. We also want to thank David Cole for managing the website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000. The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000.